Yeah. Yeah. Pro Fan Sports Podcast. Let's get it. Pro Fan. Tune into the program. Every single week, get the dope, fam. Sean on the mic, very flat, too. Keep you updated, that's what we do. Pro Fan. Tune into the program. Pro Fan. Tune into the program. Pro Fan. Tune into the program. Every single week, get the dope, fam. Yo, yo, what it do, everybody? It's your boy, John Altador, back at you with my brothers, Vlad and Barry. What's good with y'all, fellas? How y'all doing? What's up, everybody? What's going on? Hey, what's up, fellas? How's it going? How how we living? We living good, man. Episode 12 is on and popping. Let's get it. Uh, before we actually uh, say anything on this podcast, I just wanted to take a second and um, pay my respects to uh, old number 87 on the Patriots, Rashad Caldwell. Uh, news just broke out this morning that uh, he has passed away. You know, uh, due to a robbery, um, and the story is that the guys jumped out of the bushes or something like that and shot him in his home, and um, he died on the way to the hospital in the ambulance. So, uh, rest in peace to him, man. You know, when he was on the Patriots, you know, I know he he wasn't the most loved Patriots because you know he had s- some key drops, you know, at times. Uh, but at the same time, I felt like he was a good guy. You know, uh, he was a stand-up kid and. You know, I just wanted to pay my respects to him and say rest in peace to him and condolences to his family. Um, yeah, moving on. Just so you guys know, uh, we wanted to thank all the people that are emailing the show, uh, sending us questions to be part of the show. And if you'd like to be part of the show, you can uh, email us because we want to do that segment. So uh, please email any questions you would like us to discuss on the show. We will read one email on each show and shout out a listener and shout out to everybody that's been sending questions and you can also support on the po- support the podcast. Uh, click on the support link on the website, and it just helps us improve the podcast. Uh, also, you can help us by following us on social media. We are on Instagram, profans underscore sports. We are on Twitter, dot com slash profans sports. Facebook slash profans sports, and we are also on YouTube. So if you're not a person that you know is able to sit there and listen, and you you like to watch better than listening, um, I mean you like to watch and listen at the same time. You can catch us on YouTube also. It's youtube.com slash profansports. Uh, we drop episodes every Tuesday morning, and the videos go out every Wednesday morning. Uh, thanks to our guy, Vlad, right here. So uh, let's get going, man. Uh, also, before we started the show, I wanted to check in with you guys just based on everything that's been going on, the climate of the country, uh, the whole situation that's going on right now. I don't know. I don't, I don't think I have to explain to our listeners what's going on, you know, with the whole George Floyd, uh, you know, his... His murder and that has ignited the protests in the country, you know, everywhere. Yeah, you know, the, the they said that there's been protests in every state, yeah, in the United States, and it is officially the biggest protest movement in the, in the United States history. So uh, something's really going on, and it actually affects all three of us here on this show at Pro Fan Sports Podcast. And I just wanted to check with you guys on, you know, how your week's been. Have you noticed anything different? Um, do you have any different feelings towards what's going on? And, you know, for you, what do you look towards the future? It's been, you know, it's been a long week. Um, I participated in a protest this week, um, been, you know, posting on social media. Um, I think, I think it still weighs heavy on me. Um, it hasn't changed too much. I feel as though every day it's been more protests and, it's also unclear what the future holds. I'm not sure exactly what 
is going to come out of everything that's been happening. I think one of the good things that happened is that they arrested all four cops that got in, that were involved in George Ford's murder. All of them were charged um, with murder, and also the the guy that had his foot, his knee on his neck, got charged from third degree to second degree murder, which is a good thing. So I think those are all good things happening. Um, and you know, this week is just anything you jump on social media. Anytime you jump on social media, it's been more and more, um, more and more protests, more and more people having discussions about it. So it's really no way to escape it. Not that I'm trying to escape it, but I'm just saying it's. It, it almost engulfs you, you know what I mean? So, um, it my feelings hasn't really changed. I still feel the burning of what's going on. Um, I still feel overwhelmed by it. Um, yeah. Yeah, Barry, how how you feeling? I'm feeling about the same uh, pretty much as last week. I don't think, you know, too much has really changed. Yeah, so at this point, it's still, you know, the early stages of the movement that, you know, is going on right now so i think it's gonna take a while for me to feel differently or to see some sort of changes occur i think we are heading in the right direction with all these protests and uh you know, peaceful for the most part peaceful uh gatherings that have you know transpired over the past week uh so you know it's definitely good to see that and it's good to see that the you know four officers have you know, been charged and arrested and not being held accountable uh for the uh you know, death of George Floyd and, and killing him. So I'm, you know, glad to hear of that as well. So I think that, you know, I've tried to, you know, do what I can as far as, you know, posting a lot on social media and being, uh, you know, vocal about it and getting, you know, my voice out there uh, and even attending a protest. I was at one in uh, Medford this, this week. So that was a, you know, peaceful gathering that they had. So that was definitely and it was a good turnout as well so it was a good um way to start you know getting things to you know to change and getting things to you know go in the right direction and uh and then bringing people together and having everyone be on a, the same page when it comes to to this movement so i was you know very happy to see that since i'm you know, born and raised in medford so uh, it was you know definitely made me proud to you know see that you know my own city is actually doing something and participating in in the movement and you know being active uh, about it and you know people you know, wanna you know get their uh, you know voices out there and you don't know, wanna be heard and you know wanna see things change for the better. I think I have some of the same feelings that you guys have, like where I don't think you know where where we're supposed to be yet, you know, uh, but I've definitely felt different this week as far as being a black man in America, especially where I live at. You know, I I, I currently live in in Arlington, Mass, and um. Things have been pretty, well, I can't say like too different, but like me personally, it's been different for me just walking around the town. Uh, you know, first of all, shout out to Arlington, man, because the history in Arlington is not a good one when it comes to black people, you know. So for them to be out there protesting for what was like four days straight, you know, the Arlington Center was just filled with, you know, people. And I was out there protesting, too. And I can tell you it was. I can say 90% white people, you know, and what I did notice is nine, even more what I noticed is um, how much of the, the young people are out there. It's like really young people, you know, trying to uh, put a voice behind this and making their voice heard, you know, just basically telling us that they're, they're tired of the situation, you know, they're young, they don't, they don't know a lot of this stuff that went on, you know, um, 
And I feel like I feel like the more uh, the years progress, the more people are intertwined together. Mm. And, you know, the more we're going to see support for stuff like this because people are just tired of it because it's like for the young people, they're all hanging out together in schools. You know, they're hanging out. They're all in the same groups and stuff like that. So they don't see a lot of the stuff that us as older people did see or did experience, you know, because I feel like some of my experiences are going to be different than some dude that's in high school right now. You know, so it's different for them. And they're just like, what the fuck is this? You know, like, why are we like cut the bullshit, you know? Um, and what I was saying as far as like me feeling different is I felt like more people here have noticed me since I've moved into Arlington than ever before. You know, I've had several neighbors just talk to me. One of my neighbors actually left a note here uh, for myself and my daughter because she saw me holding a protesting sign. And my sign says, I'm not okay. And her her letter to me was that uh, she actually penned it to my daughter and she said to the little girl holding the I'm not okay sign, I just want you to know whatever you need, me and my husband are here for you whenever and that goes to you and your family. And she wrote her address on the paper. And I don't know if you guys know, but white women in America don't just give black dudes their addresses like that. But you know facts, what I'm saying? Definitely. Like, you know, not even trying to be funny. You know, that's not something that happens. You know, usually... My thoughts is like they're fearing us most of the time, right? And um, I've definitely felt a, a change. You know, I've seen a lot of a lot of white guys actually acknowledging the fact that I'm here. You know what I'm saying? It's it's different, and I think we have a long, a long, long time to go. Um, but I'm definitely glad to see everything that's going on with the protest. You know, it's global now. You know, I'm I'm glad to see all the people coming together, and I, I'm glad to see people are just like. You know, with the current administration, they, they're kind of fed up, you know, as far as the people that I've spoken to anyway. So, um, like you guys said, I don't think, you know, it hasn't changed everything in two weeks, but it definitely feels something different is happening as far as, you know, there's been protests before. There's been lots of protests before, but this one kind of feels different. You know, and I can say that for myself, and I don't know if that's the same for you guys. No, it's definitely more um, worldwide. A lot more people are paying attention. Um uh, I feel as though protests were happening in Japan, protests were happening yes. in Jamaica, protests were happening, you know, all over the world, really, in Germany, in, you know what I mean? So I feel as though it's definitely getting a lot more recognition and a lot more people participating and um, and people that, were, that weren't being held accountable are being held accountable. I have white friends that I've talked to that are having in difficulties getting to their parents. To their families. I have Asian friends that talk to me about difficulties getting to their parents. So I feel as though everybody's trying to take as a con everybody's trying to be as accountable as they can be to raise to make conversations happen around this issue right which i really appreciate and i appreciate the friends that i have that i've seen that are taking these steps to make this conversation happen they're really hard conversations um and i big up anybody trying to have these conversations and um and you know and let's i, I would say let's keep Let's keep fighting. Um, you know, Breonna Taylor's murders are still out there. Yeah. Um, there's a bunch of other people that were murdered and their murderers are still out there. So I think as as it's good that um, George Floyd's, um, the people that were involved, involved in George Floyd's murder and the people that killed him got arrested, I think. But I think there's so much more that needs to be done. Um, and I feel as though the conversation is going so many different places, it's going to let's not have cops anymore you know what i mean so the first yeah, the, the, oh, yeah, the yeah. conversation is happening from 
it's a very institutionalized conversation like what about the institution that needs to be changed so i feel as if the conversation is getting a lot deeper and a lot more um action oriented and i like that so um let's keep it going um as of right now as far as the future is still unclear but i feel as though we are going through the pain right now so that change can happening no change can happen without any pain happening so i think as painful as this year has been and it has been a painful year but i think it will be very instrumental into what the future looks like well said vlad for sure i'm with that i just wanted to say one thing sorry to cut you off john uh, is that a thing that I've been noticing and that I've actually kind of liked and appreciated is that I've been getting a lot of text messages and message on social social media, excuse me, from my, you know, white friends that, you know, I currently, you know, still talk to, you know, often or even people that I haven't talked to in a while. They've pretty much reached out to me and they, you know, showed me love and, you know, support and, uh, and you know, say in saying that, you know, they stand by me and that, you know, they support me and that they, you know, value me in my life and that they, you know, appreciate me and that they, you know, feel, you know, my pain and, you know, and understand, you know, what, you know, the black community is, you know, going through as of right now. So it was definitely nice and pretty awesome to, you know, have multiple people, you know, reach out to me and and give their, you know, their sympathy and then show me, you know, that, you know, love and support that is needed at, at this, you know, tough, extremely difficult and tough time that, you know, we're going through because I don't think we've, like you guys said, we've seen protests before, you know, many different protests in our lives, but I feel like it's not to this extent and this one's much more powerful and much more impactful because it's not only impacting this country, like you said, it's impacting the whole world, like the whole world is, uh, protesting against you know this move about protesting about this movement and really you know getting their voices out there and you know le- letting uh you know the world know how they feel about this so you know which is definitely much appreciated i'm glad that you know other countries are you know doing these protests as we are and uh, it, it's definitely been a great thing to uh to see and i hope you know we continue to see that moving forward and I, you know, hope that, you know, more and more people continue to reach out to me. But I definitely want to thank those who did reach out to me this past weekend. Uh, and and def- definitely I'll, you know, certainly, you know, keep that, you know, dear in my heart. And I'll definitely continue to keep fighting and keep, uh, you know, and, and keep, keep this going and, and keep doing what, you know, my part to be, uh, you know, a vocal leader and be, someone who is uh you know behind this this movement and and behind and being on the right side of history yeah man um this thing has definitely affected everything it's definitely affected everything down to of course our sports um and i think a lot of this stuff you know with the with the protesting and you know sports had been put on notice a few years ago with uh colin kaepernick you know when he started his movement uh of kneeling peacefully during the national anthem and you know, he got a lot of backlash for it. And um, this week, you know, I feel like he kind of had a victory some sort, you know, as far as people coming out, the NFL. Uh, before we talked about that, you know, something else did happen that was really controversial, which put him even more in the spotlight now with um, Drew Brees' comments. I know you guys, I know you guys watch sports and I know you guys have been watching that. And so for the people that don't know, uh, Drew Brees was on a segment for Yahoo Finance 
and they asked him about his position on the kneeling during the uh, national anthem. And, you know, in, um, I don't know what you would call that, in like a tone deaf moment for Drew Brees, he kind of like doubled down on the fact that he can never kneel for the, for the, um, for the national anthem, that he feels that anybody kneeling during the national anthem is disrespectful to the flag. And that when he thinks about the national anthem and the flag, he remembers his two grandfathers that fought in the wars. And, you know, that kind of like brings tears to his eyes. And he faced a lot of backlash, man. You know, a lot of the players came out, you know, including his teammates, Michael Thomas, um, uh, Malcolm Jenkins, uh, Emmanuel Sanders. You know, they they made public comments about him just basically saying that they wasn't with that. And, um, you know, Drew Brees he met a lot of vitriol, vitriol, you know, a lot of people were upset, you know, because they felt like he was being insensitive to what was going on, um, at this time. And he actually had to, uh, issue an apology. Right. Um, and so with that apology that prompted Donald Trump to actually tweet about Drew Brees stating that, you know, he's one of the greatest ever, but he shouldn't have apologized for his opinion on people kneeling during the flag. And, you know, in Donald Trump fashion, also added his own thing, no kneeling during the flag, you know, um, things like that. And Drew Brees actually actually came back at Donald Trump. Um, and this is what he he wrote through my ongoing conversation with friends, teammates and leaders in the black community. I realize this is not an issue about the black American. I mean, about the American flag. It has never been. We can no longer use the flag to turn people away or distract them from the real issues that face our black communities we did this back in 2017 and we and regretfully i brought it back with my comments this week we must stop talking about the flag and shift our attention to the real issues of systemic racial injustice economic oppression police brutality and judicial and prison reform we are we are at a critical juncture in our nation's history if now if not now then basically when you know um how'd you guys feel about that when you saw it uh your initial reaction to it vlad well, you know, I mean, I don't know if my reaction can be nothing but like everybody else. I mean, if if you haven't seen the whole Jubilees thing, it's you must have been living under a wall because it definitely it definitely took over. I think from like Tuesday or Wednesday on, it took over a lot of the conversation that were happening about the issue. Um, and I think you know, obviously Jubilees put his foot in his mouth. That's how I felt. That's why so he was very insensitive. And for for a guy that I actually like, I think he's one of the quarterbacks that I felt as though were is very human, very relatable. So I, I really did not expect that from him. So when I heard that, I was very disappointed. Um, that's something he shouldn't have said. He missed the mark on that. He did not understand exactly what people were going through. And and it was beautiful, this, the amount of people that came out against him. You know what I mean? Every, not, not only his teammates, not only football players came out against him, but um, basketball players came out against him. Um, all the sports media, Stephen A. Smith, all those guys came out against him. So I thought, I thought it was good. And one thing that I saw, which I, you know, which I liked, was Tony Dungy came out and said that um, it's actually good that Jubri said what he said because it just the conversation needs to go there. The conversation needs to go places where. We need to have conversation with people that don't have the same ideology as us so that we can change their minds. And uh, in a matter of, you know, less than 24 hours, Jubilees got hit with the most backlash he's ever faced. And he had to change his mind right away. He had to 
go back and think about what he said and think about the reason why people are, people are protesting. I thought it was really powerful. I'm not saying, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know if Juby's ideology about the world changed automatically, but he had to step back and really think about what he said, think about why black people are protesting, think about why Kaepernick Neil, and think about the whole issue in, 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 in its, in its whole. Um, and I think, I think people like Drew Brees that represent the NFL is the reason why Kaepernick got um, blackballed. Blackballed, yes. Blackballed. Because mm-hmm. if, if Drew Brees, one of the face of the NFL, had stood up with Kaepernick, it would have been a whole di- different conversation two years ago. And, and, it, and it also tells you that if the NFL had given Kaepernick the space to speak up two years ago, I'm not saying George Floyd wouldn't have died, but some of the conversations that we are having today could have happened two years ago. But the NFL, instead of right. instead of creating that safe space for Jubilees, for Kaepernick to have this conversation, they shut it down real quick. And now no, now look where we are. Well, they, you know, they wanted to pander to the fucking president. Yeah. You know, they, they were afraid right. of what the fucking president was going to tweet the fucking asshole. So, you know, right. hey, let, let's, you know, ruin a man's career and blackball him because... A fucking retarded dudes in the fucking office, you know what I'm saying? Excuse my language, because you know retarded is not a nice word. But you know, this this is how you you felt, you know, and during the whole situation, him calling everybody sons of bitches. It's like, bro, are you like, are you joking? The guy is literally kneeling down. Like, I don't understand what the issue, is, you know. And I think that, like Vlad was saying, you know, these are the things we needed to talk about back then. Why are all these people kneeling? Why are all these? Why is this group of people? Why do they feel? Colin Kaepernick and this group doesn't. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. And they, you know, I do understand making money and the NFL is a, a brand that is supported by a lot of white people, you know, a mm-hmm. lot of white Southerners, you know, a lot of old white people that, that, that are buying the tickets and all that stuff. So they want to save their brand. They want to pretty much cater to the crowd, you know, which, which is what Donald Trump does. And, you know, it's basically what they fell on. You know, they're like, hey, let's not upset the people that are giving us, you know, all this money, you know, acting like other people don't have money, you know, so let's just blackball this dude. Did you want to add anything to that, Barry? Oh, uh, yeah. I wanted to, you know, say... Yeah, you about know, your... My and, and say what my reactions, you know, were when yeah, I yeah, first yeah. saw the, you know, Drew Brees comments in that interview uh, with Yahoo Finance. Uh, you know, they're similar to, you know, what you guys... And you have previously just stated, uh, you know, I was appalled and stunned when I had first heard him say that. And I yeah, couldn't b- b- believe it that out of all people, him you, you would, you know, come out and, you know, say those kinds of comments and, uh, and, and those and the things that he said. I, you know, and, and this is from a guy that I you know, not only like, but I, you know, respected, like, and it was actually a fan of, and I even actually have his jersey, uh, not anymore now, but I did have. What'd you do, burn it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't, I didn't burn it, I, I got, you know, rid, rid of it, and I. Wait, wait, did you get rid of it because of this situation? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 absolutely. Oh, yeah. Wow. No, they, okay. They, they, they definitely, yeah, I'm. The most certainly got really due to, you know, the, you know, what he had said during the, the interview this week. We always thought of him as a first-class guy, you know, one of the classier guys in the league, one of, you know, the, you know, more humble 
guys in the league and the guys that, you know, played the game the right way and also always did the right things, you know, off the field as well and um, was a man of, you know, integrity. Uh, you know, that's what, you know, prior to this incident, that's how I always viewed him and uh, thought of him as not only as yeah. a player, but as a person. I thought, yeah. you know, he was a good, genuine, uh, you know, kind-hearted person. Clean then, cut. Right, right, facts, exactly. And then this just completely, you know, changed my mind about him to the point where, right, like, I had to get rid of this jersey. And, you know, I definitely feel the same way as all those people who had, you know, backlash and ripped him this week, uh, you know, feel. And I'm glad that they did that. So definitely shout out to all of those, you know, players and, uh, you know, media uh, people who, you know, came at Drew, Drew Brees and who checked him in and put him in his place because he definitely, you know, deserved that to, act, to um, you know, to, to, to happen after, you know, saying what he said and, uh, you know, it was unfortunate and insensitive and, you know, unnecessary for him to, like, say that. Like, he was acting as if his black people also weren't in the army and also weren't fighting for the country along with his uh, grand, you know, parents. <laughs> like, as if oh, it was just all white people that were fighting for the, the, the country. Like, there were clearly also blacks that were fighting for the country just as much as, you know, his, his grandparents when uh, it was their time and then they served in the army. And he clearly, you know, wasn't getting the big picture and wasn't getting the main purpose and uh, point of why people are, you know, protesting and, and, and why, you know, and, and, and why these protests have been, you know, transpiring over the last couple of weeks and, you know, why Kaepernick did what he, he did. Uh, and so it was, I'm glad that he finally, you know, gets it now after, uh, you know, being, you know, properly, you know, informed by other, other people of why, you know, all these things are happening and, and why, you know, Kaepernick did what he did uh, a couple years ago, which to me is still, you know, fucked up by how the NFL treated him. And I don't give a damn that Roger Goodell finally admitted that he was wrong. I don't want to talk a little bit about that for sure, but I briefly just wanted to mention that, like, that apology, that sorry-ass apology, Dude, like, that's too little, too late. Like, you should have said that a couple years ago. Like, where was you at, bro, when... Uh, you know, Kaepernick was doing that, and then you try to diminish him, and you try to, uh, you know, make him, uh, you know, a scapegoat and uh, and demoralize him and and his career, and like and put him down. Like they've always talked down to, you know, people like you know Kaepernick who uh, try to do, you know, something right to bring uh, an issue to society's attention, and it's just. Uh, it, it, it's ridiculous and, and it's bullshit that uh, you know that the, the league has you know always done that to those kinds of players who have you know who try to make a change and a difference in society and try to you know make, make it a better place for for everyone. So I'm you know and and I don't really care too much about Drew Brees' apology. I mean I'm glad that he apologized and admitted and um and was glad that at least acknowledge that he was wrong about, you know, what he said and, and, and how that, you know, affected people and why everyone, you know, felt some type of way about it. But, I mean, at that point, the damage is already done. Like, we already know how, you know, you, you feel and we, we, 
you said enough to the point that it's like, okay, even with the you apologizing, what difference does it really make? Like, like it, it, it was apology that I knew the minute that I saw that video, he was going to have to just because, uh, you know, from a PR standpoint, and he didn't want to lose the, the locker room and the players that, you know, he's going to have to play with, you know, during the, the, the season. He, he wanted to at least do something to kind of regain, you know, their respect and regain their trust, even though that's obviously going to take a while because I don't think one apology is going to do that. But he wanted at least, you know, start and have those, have that, um, you know, go in the right d direction and at least uh, be able to be more sensitive to, you know, to his teammates, even though I still think it, it's not, it's, it's not going to work. But I mean, we'll see what happens, you know, as the season will comes along and I'll definitely be following that as you know as, as well because that be, that's definitely going to be an interesting thing is how is this going to affect the relationship that he's going to have with his his teammates who are you know african-american i agree with that man um i saw i saw his comments you know at first i didn't really pay too much attention to it i, I didn't really at first i didn't really like like what is he what is he talking about like i, I thought this was like a a thing from like a couple years ago you know because we're going through this situation right now, and I'm thinking to myself, like, there's no way, like, he's saying this shit right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, like right now, you know, this week, like, it's been two weeks of protesting. Like, I, I just didn't get it. I'm like, or, like, you know how they, the are you dumb? You know what I'm saying? It's like, right, right. what the, f you know, um, and then I, I really heard his comments, and I just thought they were ignorant, man. It's like, bro, you're really not thinking, you know, it's like. Uh, I was watching Undisputed, and Shannon Sharp made this. He he said this metaphor, and I think that's that is that applies to majority of the country. You know, he said what he said was, um, "The blindest man isn't the man that can't see." No, he said the man that can't see isn't the blindest. It's the man that chooses not to see. You know what I'm saying? And like that stuck with me. I I even like posted that as a status, and that stuck with me because it's like. Bro, there's no way you can't see what the hell is going on right now. You're choosing not to actually listen to it, pay attention, and, you know, comprehend what the fuck is going on right now, you know? Because there's no way you see that George Floyd murder and not connect that back to Colin Kaepernick. There's no way you don't do that. And it's like, that's the exact same thing. Like, and for the guy to kneel on the guy's neck, you know, when Colin Kaepernick was taking a knee, is like, bro... If you can't put those two and two together, I'm like, you're one of the smartest quarterbacks. How do you not put those two together? I was glad that his teammates actually came out and said something about it, you know, because a lot of the quarterbacks in this league sometimes are like untouchable. You know, you can't really say too much about them. Like Tom Brady's a god to everybody, you know, but even he hasn't said anything about this situation either, which I feel like is pretty lacking as one of the faces of the NFL. It's like, bro, you're Tom Brady, man. I know you put up your little black screen or whatever on Blackout Tuesday, mm -hmm. but your wife is Brazilian, you know, half your kids are Brazilian, and, mm -hmm. you know, these people get marginalized too, you know, and if you're not speaking up, I don't know what you're doing, you know, um, but I definitely felt that Drew Brees coming out with that apology was, it was a good, good thing. You know, my thing is like, people do make mistakes, you know, this was a really terrible mistake because, you know, that, like, that was really ill-advised and stupid, right, you know. Right. Um, people make mistakes, so we're not going to hold, you know, them to that, you know, forever. But at the same time, you got to understand, like, you got to really understand some people and their mindset. And, like, 
some people are seeing in the media. It's good that we got to hear that because we see what's really behind the lens, you know. Uh, quarterback like Jake Fromm said some stupid shit this week too, oh, yeah. Yeah, right? Like the text oh, yeah. text yeah. messages came out. He said some shit about white you know, power or something. no, he said some about people, yeah. guns should be made really expensive and it should only be owned by elite white people, which is like it's telling you something. It's like that's their mindset. What are you saying? Like black people can't own guns? Like last I checked, you know, we all have Second Amendment rights. It's like I don't understand that logic, you know. So you're saying just because your skin color, you know. You should be able to have this when I'm not able to have this. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's make like any sense. It, it. It's one of those. It's the time in our lives, man. When a lot of things, people are really analyzing some of the things. You know, I think a lot of white people are starting to like see between the lines of certain things. You know, with the with the lady calling the cops and that bird watcher guy. Everybody's like, that's what they've been talking about this whole time. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. For that lady to say an African American male was threatening my life, it's like. All right, we we understand what the hell these people have been saying this whole time. Mm-hmm. It's like you're you're saying my skin color is a freaking threat, so the police people can come here and do whatever they do, and we know we know what they the do. The way the way she said it too, it's like yeah. she's calling the cops and saying the Af- Af- African American. She kept mentioning yep. that the mm-hmm. way she said right. it, it's basically calling the cops to do exactly what they did to George Floyd to that guy. Exactly. I I, I couldn't exactly. I couldn't help right. but connect the two. Nah, it's but it's the exact same shit because had the police came and she's a white woman and she already dropped african-american and we know in every case you know who did this oh it was two african-american males you know like every crime scene you know you fit the description and all that shit it's always some african-american dude you know and it's in the back of everybody's minds it's in the back of their minds and it really tells you what they think when we're walking on the streets and we're next to them and stuff like that they're you know i've walked behind a lot of white people that have crossed the street before it's like i don't think they understand i don't think they understand things like that you know um i think they have a difficult time understanding what this situation is about as far as like the protest and i think drew Brees just illustrated that for you perfectly right um and and i i think that's why it's important that you know i mean it's it's almost weird because you want to you want to make space for those dumb people to come out and yeah, say dumb shit. You do. So that you can call them out. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, because if we never have the opportunity to call them out, they're always going to have those conversations behind closed doors. Behind, right, right. behind closed doors. Exactly. They're always going to be able to have those conversations behind closed doors. Like, yep. If you look at somebody like Donald Sterling, he was having those conversations behind closed doors all the time. All the time. But somebody Absolutely. had somebody had to record what he was saying so that we can have those conversations so that he could get kicked out of the NBA. Unfortunately, that's where we are. We are at a point where we need to all those racist people to come out to say dumb shit for us to call them out. Um, you know, when Ju- one thing, when Jubilees, when, when Jubilees first said it, I was like, oh yeah, fuck Jubilees. Jubilees is out. And then he came out the next day and apologized. And I was, I didn't want to take it. I yep. was like, yo, fuck you. You said that shit yesterday. Today you coming out and apologize. Oh, you learned all that stuff in yeah, yeah, hours. Exactly. yeah, yeah. Just so you were getting so much heat from it. Exactly. And then, and then I saw all his teammates, um, you know, coming out and saying, hey, um, I believe, um. My brother fucked up, or whatever, and yeah. I, I wanna, yeah, yeah. I wanna um, forgive him and move forward. Right, which right, I, right. I completely understand. I think, I think you know, an issue pops up, we address it, let's move forward together. And I completely, and I think we should give Jubilee a chance to redeem himself. You Facts. know, and okay. and no, no, I, no, no I don't that. don't get it twisted though. Jubilee has done a lot for his community. You know, he's done a lot for the game. He's done a lot for um, 
you know, just the black people, period, in that area as far as he's been there since Katrina, you know. So um, even before then, you know, and he, he had a huge helping hand in rebuilding that city. And that and that's great. So I don't want I don't want that what he said to take away from everything that he did. But, but at the same time, just because he did that doesn't mean, you know, we can't come at him for exactly what he said. Exactly. You know, we yeah, have exactly. to be able to hold people accountable, like Barry is saying, because you can't think like that anymore. The, the direction we're trying to go is to eviscerate things like that. When somebody's talking and they're telling you they're going through some shit, pay attention and fucking listen. You know what I'm saying? Like, people shouldn't have to, you know, gather up like this. The world is watching, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the world is freaking watching. And oh, people yeah. shouldn't have to gather up like this to do something that's right. And that's what it comes down to, you know. Um, and another thing Drew Brees did, you know, with the whole Donald Trump tweet, he came back at Donald Trump um, and pretty much told Donald Trump, like, this shit ain't about the flag. You know, and I think that was a good. That was big. That was big for yeah, him. Right, that right. was big. You know, I, I'll give him credit on that. At as least. as much as I didn't want to accept his apology when he came out, and so Don, he came out and apologized. Donald Trump said, um, "You shouldn't have apologized," and then he came out and said, "Hey, Donald Trump, I'm addressing you specifically." Yeah. I that that gained my respect. I was like, "Wow, right, that's because right. no, because like that, he sure. could have stayed quiet or he could have not actually addressed the president." specifically exactly. or he specifically Facts. addressed the president which i give him respect for that and like i said i think juby's a great guy i think he definitely fucked up this week and oh, i'm time. not i'm not forgetting it already i I'm, I'm i'm ready to move forward and make things better but i'm not gonna forget what juby said and how he felt um doing in the midst of protesting while he had he not only that he had his whole life to learn what black people have been through and why they're protesting but he also had a week and a half to learn why people were protesting, and he still came out and said the dumb shit he said. Bro, so I'm not forgetting what I'm not forgetting at all yeah, what he said. Bro, but I'm ready. I'm I am ready to move forward and make things better. Yeah, the other thing too, man, you've been playing with black players all your, your whole, whole goddamn life, bro. Like your whole freaking career, exactly. I, I don't know, man. Um, I listened to Pat McAfee and. You know, he had a lot of good things to say. And I love Pat. I really like him, man. <laughs> I, he, he, that, I love Pat. He's that dude. He's that guy. He, it's like he gets it. Yeah. You know, he'll yeah, say, dude, yeah, yeah. I'm the only guy he, that's, that smoked blunts, you know, with dudes and then had dinner with billionaires. He, you know um, he, so he has a, um, he has a show, like, as you guys know already, but for people that don't know, Pat McAfee has a radio show um, that he airs on YouTube, but it's also on the radio waves or whatever. And on Tuesday... He decided not to have a show at all. Yep. The, the Tuesday. Wow, really? He didn't do anything? No, he the Tuesday. Yeah, the Tuesday that everybody was putting out a blackout um, square on the their screen. social media, which is great. I understand no, no. the support, I understand the unity. But Pat McAfee took it another step. He decided, I'm not going to, I'm not even going to. I'm not even going to do my show sure. on Tuesday. Oh, so awesome. he blacked out his whole show, which not a lot of people agreed with. You know what I mean? He's, I'm sure he's. um. Sponsors didn't might not have agreed with that, or right, right. and also he, some of his listeners, some yep. of his listeners are white people that don't agree with him. Yep. So I'm sure he's right, losing. Right. I'm sure he's losing a lot of listeners by doing that. But he did it anyways. I love Pat. Um, no, he, but that's awesome. He's a real one. Yeah, for that. yeah. I'm, shout out to Pat McAfee. I'm sure he lost fans, but I'm sure he's gained a lot. More oh yeah, too. oh yeah. And yeah, yeah. you know the fact that he does have that big audience, I feel like he it's even more important for people like him to say stuff because yeah. it's like. Right, right, exactly. These white dudes are going to watch you. You know what I'm saying? And for, for somebody like that 
you know, a lot of people respect his thoughts and stuff like that just to come out and just like rebuke this stuff. And he's been advocating and using his platform to, to create awareness, you know, just expressing his disdain for, for certain things. You know, I think it's great. You know, um, on top of the Breeze thing, you know, we saw a lot of things happen in the NFL this year, this, this week, you know, the last two weeks, you know, uh, both the NFL MVP and defensive. What is it? The MVP, defensive player MVP. What is it? Defensive player of the player year. year. Yes, for the for the NFL. Is there like a name for it? No, it's called no, defensive player of the year. Defensive player of the year. I'm like, is that defensive MVP? Yeah, Stephon Gilmore. They right, yeah. they all participated in this video that was um, broadcasted, you know, throughout social media everywhere. Just them talking about, you know, they're pretty much taking a stand, you know, for everything that's going on in that Black Lives Matter and that. You know, they basically spoke for the NFL before the NFL could speak for themselves. They're like, we're going to take charge and we're going to put out this statement on behalf of the NFL as the players that are running this stuff. And, and for you to have the MVP of the league and the defensive player of the year in the same video and one of the most polarizing players in Odell Beckham to finish it, that was powerful. And then that prompted the NFL to, to come out with their own statement, which Barry was saying earlier was fucking shitty. They did not mention anything about Colin Kaepernick, you know, um, I think that was Vlad actually, um, you know, they didn't mention the fact that they blackballed Colin Kaepernick, you know, and I felt like they were, they were pretty much trying to save their brand now, right? Well, I think that, um, so that video that the players put out actually started with, um, Michael Tom, um, Michael Thomas, is that his name? Yeah, yep. Michael yep. Thomas. Michael yep. Thomas, yep. Um, will, and he's a teammate of Jubilee, so I think, I'm not sure if he put the video after Jubilee said it or what, but I thought that was powerful. It was a really powerful video. Um, and so the NFL came out this week, especially, especially Roger Goodell, which Barry mentioned earlier, and they said they were wrong about Colin Kaepernick a couple of years ago or three, four years ago, whenever it happened. And it's too little too late. It's too little, too late, yeah. man. No. The the guy the guy has lost his job. The guy is he's no longer playing. He was a promising young quarterback. He he um he he lost his job. You guys shut him down. You guys listen to the president. You guys change. You guys even change the rules. Now that now there's a rule in the rule book saying you have to stand up um for the anthem. So <laughs> you guys you guys you guys made sure that. This was never going to happen again. And you guys were getting pressured by Donald Trump and you listened to Donald Trump instead of listening to your players. Then the NFL fucked that, fucked that up. And that is one that is one company I'm definitely not ready to um, forgive. Fuck you guys. You guys definitely um, you guys definitely missed the mark on that. Oh, yeah, big time. Absolutely. Yeah, I just wanted to, to also say this segment, um, we actually got a question from our boy Brandon Dennis, who's a yes. real good friend of... Um, our boy Barry. Yes, sir. You know, and, my guy, right? You know, my he, brother. He's also a dope ass DJ. So yep. if you want to follow him Big on Doug. yes, yes. You know, if you want to follow him on social media, Barry, what's his what's his social media? So his social media is DJB Doug six one seven. So you okay. can follow him on IG. Uh, and you can also follow him on Facebook. He does have a DJ Facebook page as well. So if you type in on Facebook DJB Doug, you'll be able to You wanna tell people how to spell it? So yeah, it's D J, yeah, DJ, and then B D A W G, six one seven. Oh, that's his IG, and then his Facebook is just D J B D A W G. Uh, that that's his uh, DJ Facebook page, so you can follow him on either one of those platforms. And yeah, he's a really 
good DJ. We had a really good and close friend of mine. I've known him for a while. We're, you know, childhood friends. Uh, so, you know, we're pretty tight. And, uh, yeah, he's a really good guy and, and, and a really good DJ. He does Club Quarantine every Friday uh, night from 8 to 10 on Facebook, 8 to 10 p.m. on Facebook Live. So if you're ever looking to, you know, hear some good music and some good vibes, uh, you know, while you're at home during this quarantine, you should definitely check that out um, every Friday night. Yeah, man. Um, so shout out to DJ B-Dog, Brendan Dennis, uh, his real name. Um, and, you know, I just wanted to acknowledge that he did ask a question about Drew Brees, and I wanted to ask this question because I feel like it's relevant to what we were just talking about. Um, and I feel like we just answered a lot of the questions that he asked. And his question this week, and again, thank you for sending in the question, uh, was that knowing that Kaepernick was blackballed from the NFL with his peaceful protest during the national anthem. What kind of repercussions do you expect Breeze to experience since he not only disrespected the protest about inequality, but selfishly referring to his family um, that fought in the war to deflect the reason why they were all protesting in the first place? Keep in mind, his family members fought alongside African-Americans in those wars. And I felt like, you know, throughout our conversation about Drew Breeze, we answered a lot of those questions that he had. So I just wanted to make sure that we did ask his question. Uh, I just want to say that I don't think Jubilees is going to... I mean, he faced a lot of backlash this week. Yeah. But as far as, like, being blackballed like Kaepernick did or anything like that... No. No, no. no hell no. Nothing no. like that is going to happen to Jubilees. He's, he's, he's not going to lose any sponsor. He's not going to lose anything. Everything is fine with Jubilees. Because, Ooh. again, white privilege is real. Um. So, I and I bet you... If it was a, a white man that was, kneel, was that was that. kneeling a couple years ago, it would have been a whole fucking total Dude, different conversation. Can you imagine? Time facts. Can you imagine if Tom Brady took a knee? Woo-hoo! He, would, he would be a freaking god right now. Yep. If he was the first person to do that, to do the, just like Tim Tebow. He would be a freaking god right now, okay? Mind and I don't think people... Yeah, he is a god, but he'd even be dude, more of a god. They would talk one. about him like he was like the second coming of Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yo, straight up. And and if you don't if you don't understand why, why you know, th- this is unfair. This is what we're saying. Like, if this had been anybody else, if this was a white player, this cause would be a lot different, you know? And this player would be on every news station... You know, they would sit there and talk to him about certain things. You know, he would get all the freaking spotlight, all the freaking sponsors. You know, I don't think Colin Kaepernick needs the NFL anymore. Cause look, look at what he's done. You know, he they will be writing about this dude in, in, in 100 years. You know what I'm saying? Well, like, absolutely. he's going to be in the history books, you know, just because, Forever, right. you know, what he said started, you know, it, it planted the seed. You know what I'm saying? It planted the seed for us. You know, it's like we can't stand for this. And he brought the attention to the issue and people, you know, started paying more and more attention to it. And like you're saying, I definitely don't think Drew Brees would face any, any repercussions. You know, maybe during this season, you know, he might they might allow a couple sacks on him or something like that. You know, but we'll we'll see how that works. But um, well, there still might be some like I was saying earlier, some disconnect between the relationship between him and his teammates. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? I still think that's not fully, you know, repaired just yet. But as far as, like, his actual, like, football career or his, you know, losing the starting job or any, you know, percussions, you know, from that standpoint, then, no, nah, that's He'll be definitely fine. not going to happen. Jameis Winston isn't going to come take uh, the, the man job or is a threat to, you know, Drew Brees being, you know, benched in. On uh, the sideline, or oh, I don't think also I've been 
dark-skinned people say, oh, Drew Brees should retire after making those statements. He's not going to retire after uh, <laughs> that. Like, come on, people. Like, get that out of your head. Like, that is uh, asinine and, you know, and absurd that people will say, oh, he should retire just because of those comments that he made th- this week. Like, that that's not going to happen. We all know damn well he's not leaving. He's leaving the league soon, but he's not going to leave the league on that note. So. Nope. He, yeah, he'll he'll be the starting quarterback in the New Orleans Saints, um, you know, for at least the next couple of years since he just signed that new deal, and um, he'll that de- de- definitely some defensive players will certainly be c- coming at him though, and 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 will be coming with a vengeance and looking to put a good hit and <laughs> uh, and, and deliver the boom to, to say the least. Like for example, we. One, when they play the Bucks, I'm sure uh, Dominic and Sue is going to be coming for that ass. And, oh. And, and, yeah, yeah. And then, look, you know what I'm saying? Looking up, you know what I'm saying? Stick them real good and, and send a real powerful message to them and let them know what, 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 what's up. I think that's definitely going to be a very intriguing and appealing matchup that I will certainly be uh, watching and having a was- on when I watch that game. Uh, you know, on week one, I was uh, gonna say, I was gonna say, um, Sue might take a knee on him, but <laughs> <laughs> but I might, one, I might get a little hate for that one, but yeah. I don't care to be honest. Yeah, yeah, nah, man, I, I let's keep the D's away from people. We could talk about this stuff for, forever, man. You know, um, and I just wanted to touch up on some other stuff involving the NFL. You know, involving this anyway. You know, players do plan to take a knee uh, this season, so I'm I'm curious to see what that looks like. And the last thing I wanted to mention was uh, Jason Whitlock got fired this week and uh, from FS1. You know, if you guys know him, uh, he has a lot of controversial takes, and I, I don't fucking like him. So um, I just wanted to actually mention it so I can say fuck you. Um, <laughs> you know, like, I respect everybody that works hard, but, like, I don't respect anybody that's there to, like, tear people down, tear our people down. And that's what I don't like about him. You know, so we could have a whole segment because I know Barry wants to, you know, has some thoughts on him too. But we're right. not gonna give him that shine on our show. You right, know? we'll leave um, that for another day, another episode. Right. Yeah. I also know that he wants to break into the to the podcast world now, so we might have some Whitlock competition. But you wow, know, you're we'll, trying to get into podcast. Yeah, yeah. Like, we'll, we'll meet that head on when when we get there. You know. Um. So on to the NBA. NBA, right. NBA. <laughs> yes, um, association. Yes, yeah, yes. There, there's some things going on in the NBA. There's there's a breakdown of well, the NBA is coming back first of all. Yes, right. The NBA finally. is back, um, and it's yes, coming back yes. in July, right? So Vlad, I, I believe you the, to uh, just give us the breakdown on that. Sure, sure. So I believe the NBA is coming back July 31st. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a date that they've set. Um, it could move, but there's most likely will be July 31st. But anyways, the NBA and the the their players association. Agreed on a 22-team format, a 22-team playoff format, basically. Um, so it's 13 teams from the Western Conference and nine teams from the Eastern Conference. So the reason why they did it that way is because in the in the Western Conference, there's four teams, four or five teams that are fighting for the eighth spot. And then in the Eastern Conference, it's really just two teams fighting for the A spot. So that's why it's nine teams. So um, there's going to be a eight. Um, there's, they're going to play eight regular season games, p- pretty much. And um, seven of those teams are going to qualify for the playoffs, obviously. Um, so seven teams from the Eastern Conference, seven teams from the Western Conference. So there's going to be 14 teams qualify for the playoffs. And then there's going to be a small tournament 
between the eighth and the ninth seed um to mm-hmm. fight for the eighth um spot. spot. And there's gonna be so for the eighth for the eighth team to win that spot, they only have to win one game. Wow. For the ninth for the ninth spot team to win the eighth spot, they have to win two games. Two games so yeah. it's gonna be a two game tournament. So if the ninth spot team win both games, they get the eighth spot. If the eighth spot team win one of those games, they just they just keep the spot. So that's gonna be very interesting. I mean I'm excited for it. The NBA finally voted on it, so that's really great. Um, the the plan is for the finals to to be in Oct- um to end in October. So if the if the finals go to a game seven, the last day will be October twelfth, which is actually my birthday. So that's kind of exciting. Okay, nice. um, birthday, yeah, that that would be a pretty that would be pretty cool. Um, with that as well, so the NBA draft lottery is gonna be August twenty fifth. The NBA draft is gonna be October fifteenth. Um, and then last thing I want to say is the NBA season for 2021 might start December 1st. So if the, se- the season will end in October, we'll have November and then December, the NBA will start back, back, back up. No, nah, thank you, man. Um, well, now that we know what the format of the NBA is going to be like now, um, how does that affect the Celtics? Um, so like, what do you think are the Celtics chances in the playoffs and how far do you think they go? So as of right now, we're going to be facing... Even even after the eight games, I'm pretty sure we're gonna be facing the Philly, mm-hmm. and Philly has been a really tough competition this year. Um, one of the things that I remember maybe a couple of months ago when we first started the podcast, we we're discussing the playoffs, and one of the things that we we're banking on is that we we're banking that the Celtics is gonna be at home and the Philly is gonna to come to the Celtics. So because of that, Philly not being a good woods a good Woodside team. We're banking the Celtics will take that um, series easily, mm-hmm. but now that all the teams are f- re- well rested, um, there's gonna be a lot of um, rust. Everybody's gonna be a little bit rusty. Um, Joel and B might get fat, um, which, <laughs> which he has he has gotten fat in the past, so we don't know exactly how that's gonna go. Um, so it's it, I really don't don't know exactly how far the Celtics are gonna go, but the only thing I want to say is I think. Because we've had trouble with Philly this year, it's going to be a tough matchup. For um, sure. I think it's going to be our first round. We might get – I'm not saying we will. I'm saying there's a high possibility that we might get kicked out the first round if we play mm-hmm. Philly. I'm not I'm, I'm not predicting. That's not a prediction. It's just st- statistically and also – Don't be you, surprised. Yeah, saying. when you look at it, when you, when you look at it is if we do get kicked off on the first round, which will be sad. I mean, I think we have – we have such a good team, and we haven't been kicked off the first round in like three, four years. We've it's made been it. A while. We've been we the we two, three years in a row. We made it to the Eastern Conference Final. You know what I mean? So I think. Bro, well, last year we made it the second round, but yeah, before, but I'm, yeah, there's the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. So I think it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough playoff series. To be honest, I I don't know exactly how I I don't know exactly how far we're gonna go. I think honestly we might get kicked off the first round. I'm not saying we will, but because of it's going to have, to me, it's going to have to, I'm going to have to see what the teams look like doing those eight games that they're going to play. Those eight games, I want to see how the Celtics looks. Mm-hmm. I want to see how the how Philly looks. I want to see how the Lakers look. I, I mean, honestly, yeah, yeah. honestly, even if we make it past, even if we make it past Philly, Philly mm-hmm. it's still going to be a tough road ahead. And mm-hmm. so I, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, hopefully those guys got better. Hopefully Tatum didn't shoot for a month and a half. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully he's been JT. shooting. Hopefully that, hope he's been getting plenty of shots up since. Hopefully that didn't affect his shooting. 
hopefully um, J um Gordon Hayward is better. So we'll see. I mean, uh, I I can't really predict it right now. I just think it's gonna be a tough playoff matchup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, definitely here with you. Same, Vlad. Uh, I'm a bit more optimistic as far as the chances for the Celtics to have a deep playoff run. Word, word. Uh, I you know understand that if they do face a team like the Philadelphia 76ers, it will definitely be a very tough, hard-fought, uh, and challenging series for them, you know, mainly because they had, you know, a bunch of issues with Philly during the regular season. They had lost three of the four matchups with them, and they had trouble with Philly's length and Philly's uh, size, uh, you know, since they are a pretty, you know, have a pretty big lineup and, uh, you know, and a big rotation as far as, you know, the you know the guys that they have on 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 their front court. So uh, and even at guard with you know Ben Simmons being you know a bigger uh, point guard, I think that was you know giving you know guys like Kimba Walker some trouble. He was usually struggling, uh, you know, against Philly due to uh, you know the, their length. So a lot of turnovers. I, I, yeah, for sure, he did have uh, quite a bit of turnovers in the three games he played against Philly. It was interesting. The game, the last game that they played, he didn't play against Philly and. Celtics ended up we playing won. at home, uh, and convincingly, after it wasn't, it, they blew them out that game. I remember, so uh, I would, I still definitely feel good up, about that matchup. I feel that the Celtics could, uh, you know, definitely win. It'll probably, you know, be a, you know, a long series, like it's a six or seven game uh, series, you know, to say the least. You know, but you're right. There's also a lot of unknowns, you know, with the teams and a lot of uncertainty as far. As you know, Billy, we don't know how you know Embiid's you know gonna be. Is he gonna be in shape? Is he gonna you know be consistent? Is he gonna be motivated? Uh, you know, it's, you know, same thing for you know Ben Simmons. Is he gonna you know be you know consistent and uh, and then be locked in? Is he uh, you know gonna you know be a liability? Uh, you know, due to the lack of perimeter shot that he has, so. And then also is you know Al Horford gonna be a factor because he he's had a you know pretty bad he's had a down year and has shown that he hasn't been a good fit for uh for for that team so is he going to you know be a factor and actually you know contribute and be uh, productive in that series I think those are you know pretty big questions that uh you know would certainly be uh you know would be, be answered and would certainly be a big part of that series. Uh, and then, you know, for the Celtics, um, you know, with the, you know, long layoff and you know, and guys not being able to get any sh shots up, are they going to be able to still play at the same high level that they were, you know, playing before the uh, suspension? Or is there going to be a drop-off and they're not going to be able to match that, you know, pr productivity that they were um, at you know before, you know the the uh, you know the suspension of the season happened, uh, and also health too. Can they stay healthy? Because is that's been the biggest issue with this team going into the, the season, especially for Joel. Right, right, right for, for Joel well, Philly. But I'm talking in terms of the Celtics. Yep. I know, like, do it. Oh yeah, they have it. Episode. They've only played what their top six, six or seven guys have only played what about six, eight games eight, together. Eight games together. Yeah, yeah something like that. The, Rotation, so uh, you know, they've had a lot of guys in and out of the lineup, uh, and you know, hopefully, you know, with you know the, the, this new format of it being a shorter 
you know, season with only eight games, you know, left in the regular season. Hopefully those guys can be able to stay healthy and uh, and be able to stay on the court and, and play together because we saw that when they were all healthy, they're a pretty good team and, you know, tough for anybody to beat and then they can play with anybody in, in the league. So uh, it'll certainly be uh, interesting to see how the team looks when they do come back. Um, you know, want to see guys, you know, like Kimbawake, is he going to be the same player uh, he was at the beginning of the season? Um, or is he going to continue to, you know, decline as he was earlier? Um, well, before the, um, when he, excuse me, before his, uh, you know, before he made the, you know, all-star all team in the all-star break, he was, you know, starting to, you know, you know, slowly declined in terms of his production and level of play, but that's just he was still trying to get back into the swing of things. So I think that he's, you know, certainly important and a key part of this team and uh, and it's yet to be seen as far as um, how good, you know, he is and how, you know, good he can be in, in the playoffs because he hasn't played in too many, uh, you know, playoff games or big games due to, you know, him being and Charlotte and not really, you know, going that far in the playoffs due to the lack of talent that they had. So uh, hopefully he can be able to, you know, step up and uh, and bring and play at a high level and, and rise to the occasion. And then also, you know, Gordon Haywood is, we know how inconsistent he's been when he's playing well and when he's uh, good, he's really good. You know, he, you know, impacts the game in multiple uh, aspects and in multiple ways. But when he's bad, he's really bad, and sometimes he's so now too, too yeah, passive yeah. and he's too, uh, you know, not not aggressive and, and he's just invisible on the court. Sometimes you don't even, uh, you know, realize that he's he's there. So now y'all wanna say it? Now oh, I've been no, I, I've been saying it this. I've been saying it all season. I know you. I've been saying it all season, and now y'all wanna admit it? But anyways, Why can't he have those games though? Every everybody has those. Games. Not the way no, he's having them. He's had a bit too many. I don't not know. The I way, feel like we're not on the way him he's a lot more, him. man. You know, there's there's a lot of players on this team, and I feel like you know we're on him. I mean, yeah, because he's it's getting paid thirty six million oh, yeah, dollars. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. but I don't wanna I don't wanna veer the conversation away from what we're trying to talk about. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I'll just finish up on the point before you know John can go and give his. Uh, take as far as how you know really thinks about the Celtics and how far they go. Um thinking if they can stay healthy and you know they can play well, I think they can make the Eastern Conference finals. Uh you know, it'll certainly be a tough road to get there playing if they do have to play for the first round and then potentially Toronto in the second uh round because we're at the three seed right now and we're a few like three or four games behind Toronto but then also uh the Heat are like three or four games behind us so they could still be some change in terms of the seating uh but if it if it's as is right now if nothing changes i think yeah i can see this team possibly you know going to the eastern conference finals and uh and giving a team like the bucks who they would see in the eastern conference finals giving them a series and uh you know and being a, and being a tough out you know so we'll see how you know the team plays and how they look uh 
you know, once they do come back, I also heard that they're going to be playing two to three at exhibition. Okay. So, yeah, I've been hearing that they're going to have, before the eight regular season games, uh, two to three exhibition preseason games to kind of tune up games to, get, you know, to kind of get those players ready for, uh, you know, the regular season games that they'll be playing. So we'll see how they look in those games and if they can be able to, you know, shake off the rust and get back to, uh, you know, playing, you know, well as a team and, and then playing at a high level. Yeah, man. Uh, I think you guys have pretty much touched up on a lot of the stuff involving the Celtics, you know, because I don't want to be redundant. I don't want to, you know, repeat a lot of the stuff that you guys are saying. Um, but one thing you guys were talking about was the Philadelphia situation and how we're definitely going to face them. Like, if everything is as is, we're going to face them in the first round. And, um, you know, obviously everybody's gotten rest. You know, everybody's gotten a chance to be healthy. We don't know if people are going to come back overweight and all that stuff. That is a factor because, you know, everybody's been home all this time. So, um, and I don't think I've, I've seen him on any other protests, so we don't know. <laughs> we don't know if you besides, got... Besides Jalen Brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jalen Brown, I even saw a couple of Philly players uh, in a protest just that they really had in Philly. Tobias Hamilton. Yeah, yeah, I saw that players. too. Right, right. I saw not, that. Um, not Joel Embiid, though. Joel Embiid yeah, no, I, did, I didn't there. see him. Uh, no, he, 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 he might be a little up. too heavy. He might <laughs> right, right, cause exactly. some problems. Yeah, it's facts, facts. Um, but... One thing I, I did want to touch up on was how bad Philly was on the road last year and how bad their team chemistry is. And if anything, I want to monitor that a little bit, you know, because uh, we've been quarantined. So I don't think they've had a chance to grow any more chemistry than they had when they were on the court. And if you saw Boston, we ha- we do have really good chemistry um, and we beat some of the top teams this year. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, some were close, some we've beaten them pretty convincingly, you know, a lot yeah, of we beat the Lakers convincingly. That was, oh, yeah. that was one of the best Ooh, games that was awesome. I watched. You know, we beat the Mavericks oh, yeah. pretty convincingly, too. Oh, yeah. You know, Absolutely. so we beat some of the top teams. You know, we beat the Raptors. And then we, we went um, down the wire with um, the Clippers. Yeah. Clippers. And we beat the Clippers the second time yeah. we played them. Exactly. You know, so I think we, we've been – we've had a good season. The Celtics have had a good season. And I think, you know, I think they can make it as far as the finals, to be honest with you. I think any team right now, like the Celtics, the Heat, I think it comes down to – how strong the chemistry was when they were playing in the first place mm-hmm. and how, how it remained, you know. And hopefully these guys have been getting together somehow. And, you know, that I think it's going to be easier for these guys to get along more just because they've had such a great season this year. And, um, you know, at, at a certain point we had four guys averaging 20 points a game. So, you know, I think that's huge. Uh, I think, you know, they figured out some things with Tice, with him in the middle and defending some of the bigs out there. He's more athletic than a lot of the dudes out there. Um, we might get Time Lord back, you know Robert. Oh Williams. yeah, because he you know what I'm he was back those he, those he was first on his way back. He, those first two weeks in March, he yeah. he played a couple. He games. played a couple right, minutes. Right. He played a couple so games. He, right, right. he's had some more time to heal up, and I think he could be vital for us. You know, as yeah, far as facts. manning the middle and mm-hmm. uh, defensively. So um, I'm looking forward to it. I hope somebody like um, what's the young boy's name? The kid, um, the, the shooter. What's his name? He's like the shorter guy, right? Edwards, 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 Carson Edwards, Edwards. Yeah. Carson Edwards. Yeah, I hope you know he found his shot again because right, we, right. we need we need bench help. You know, I thought, I thought you were talking about Wanamaker. Uh Wanamaker, <laughs> I like Wanamaker, man. He's yeah. he's not bad, dude. He's yeah. I mean 
he has the best free throw percentage in the league. So yeah, you know, yeah, right. I can say that. You know, so. even though he doesn't get there often. Nah, it's a pretty good it, it, that's probably why he's had enough to be part <laughs> of that stat. This guy, man. I think how far do they go? I can't tell you that, but I think they can go as far as the final. Like, I think in my mind they can make it. I don't see a reason. Um, yeah, I wish I, I wish I could be as optimistic as you are. We got the Bucks, right? Who's obviously the leader in the, in the Eastern Conference, but they haven't really showed that they, they can go anywhere in the playoffs. So I don't know. I think I, I think we can take them. You know, I don't know if that's me being a homer, but just watching the team this year and watching them compete against some of the top teams in this league and making it a game and you know knowing Brad and his adjustments and the things that he does, I think. I think we have as much of a chance as anybody else, to be honest with you. You know, I'm um, gonna agree with that. We have a chance as much as everybody else. It's gonna be tough. Oh, it's gonna be tough. It's, I'm not saying that. It's gonna be tough. I, all I'm saying is I can see them go as far as the as the finals. You know, okay. they do got youth. You know, a lot of our guys were injured. Like Barry was saying, as I mentioned on the other show, they haven't played together much. But when they do play, they haven't really lost much. So um, I think that's gonna be a lot of help. Marcus being back on the bench. Leading the second unit, right, you know, the man. Um, yeah, yeah. leaving Gordon Haywood in there to handle the ball when he's in there. Yeah, yeah. I think we can have something really good, you know. And we've seen we've seen Jalen Brown at all the protests, and you know he looks pretty motivated to do some things. So yeah, um, I like Jalen. I, I love like Jalen Brown, man. You yeah. know, shout outs to him, man, and thank you for for using your platform for everything that you do. You know, um, for everything that's going on. But you know, going still going with the Celtics, the the main guy. We want to see do well in the playoffs is Jason Tatum, and there's been a lot of talks about him um, being offered the max contract. I believe Danny Ainge said that you know the Celtics will be willing to do it, you know, and some guys had a couple jokes to make about it, like you got dinners on you now and stuff mm-hmm. like that, yeah, yeah. Um, which is pretty cool. You know, I love Jason Tatum. He did, man, that kid, he's he's special. You know, even though he hasn't done too much in the league yet, he has done enough for you to look at him and know that there's something there. You know, um, so. Should the Celtics award Tatum the max contract, and is he worth it to you guys? I think that the today's NBA sort of rewards you a little too early. Um, I think that Tatum has a lot of promises. I like Tatum. Um, last year wasn't as good as this. Last year he had really regressed, um, especially with Kyrie being here and all that stuff. But this year he's gotten a lot better. He's taken some um, end of the game um, shots and he's um, step up. So I think. I think he's special, and I think he has a lot to offer. I wish you didn't have to give him the max contract this early on, but I think the state of the NBA, the way things are going, if we don't give him the, the max contract, another team will, and we will regret it. So I think he is going to get it, and it is going to be what it is. I think sometimes a max contract can put you on a um, – it, it can be a handicap sometimes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I feel as though – one of the things I noticed this year is that Damian Lillard is going to be making $50 million a year for the next couple of years or something. And I'm like, the Portland Blazers will not win a championship in his lifetime if mm. he's making $50 million a year. If You, you know what I mean? That's like, you're making, I understand people, sh- I, listen, I'm not saying the guys shouldn't get paid. The guys should get paid. I'm just saying, I just don't know how you're going to win a championship if you're making this much. You know what I mean? It's But anyways... To regress, I think... Jay- the Warriors made it work. Sorry to interrupt here. 
But didn't KD take a little bit of a pay cut or whatever when hey, they were making work? He won a championship they, team. They still got their money. They yeah, but it was they weren't making. making uh, he was still making like with super max contract. Like it wasn't forty million or whatever yet. They Steph just got forty mil. Yeah, Steph, and then and then after after that, um, what's his name? Got Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson got his afterwards. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it, in the midst of them winning the championship, they weren't all making the max yet. Okay, so I'm not saying it. Point. I'm not saying it's not possible. I just think it. It makes it hard. So, so I think I think he is gonna get it. I think he is worth it. I think he shows a lot of promises. I just mm-hmm. wish. I just wish we could have waited for him to show a lot more before we award. Like him. maybe another year. Yeah, or so. yeah. But I think if we don't give it to him, some other team is gonna give it to him, and we're gonna regret it. So we have to give it. To him. Well, I'll, let me say this now. I definitely hear what you're saying, Vlad. But an interesting way of looking at it as I've recently ever since I've heard about these reports have looked at it is uh, look at what happened to Jalen Brown this past season yep. he got his four year extension they gave him about a hundred you know mil uh, uh, so a little yep. bit over that I believe 114 I think uh, yeah about 114 yep. 115 uh, with incentives included and a lot of people were questioning okay he's shown that yeah he's a promising player has potential uh but he again like Tatum didn't really play as well last year as he did uh the, the previous year so uh they were really thinking is, is he really worth the, the contract and as we all know now now looking back at that deal that deal was kind of a steal oh yeah <laughs> because this guy's had a, a great year and has balled out and has been one of the better players for the, the Celtics this year, so now we know he was without question absolutely worth every penny of that that money. And I look at that situation and kind of see it being similar to, you know, what Jason Tatum is go, going through. And particularly now, since Jason Tatum, before the suspension of the season, was playing at an extremely high level yeah, and yeah. Was, was starting to be a superstar in the making and one of the better uh, young players. In, in the league, like he he was giving everybody buckets and 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 really uh, taking his game to another level. So I definitely think, without question, he's you know worth a max deal and is a, a max player and definitely has proven enough. Even though he's obviously can still do more and still needs to do more in order for you know him to for all of us to say, oh yeah, he's definitely without a doubt a max player. But I definitely think he's on his way and that of you know to getting that max contract and though without question um Danny Ainge and the Celtics will definitely give that to him uh you know th- after this season and he'll certainly uh you know be, be you know with us for for the years to come and they'll definitely make sure that he you know they take care of him and that he gets paid and he'll you know be uh you know he'll, he'll be you know the future face of this franchise you know without a question so i think he's definitely worth the contract and i i totally agree with barry for the point that he's making you know and i don't know if tatum wants the contract right now anyway you know what i'm saying if i was him i might not even do it because he might be a bargain you know come two three years you know he might be like on you know scotty pippen status as far as like the bargaining agreement and how much uh, the contract are going to be rising up in the next couple of years. So um, I definitely think he's worth it. Uh, I think he's one of those players that you can see that he, he really wants to be great. 
Um, he wants to have that pressure, and he said it many times, you know. He wants to be like those guys that he always looked up to where he's going to come in and have 30 points and 10, 12 rebounds a, a game. You know what I'm saying? And be, you know, on the on the defensive side of the, the court. You know, even Greg Popovich is saying, hey, this kid has the chance to be one of the best two-way players in the league. And if you know anything about basketball, you know when Popovich speaks, he's not just saying saying that shit just to, like, big you up. He doesn't Fast. do that for anybody. Okay? He not, doesn't give praise to too no, many people. No, not like even that, Tim bro. Duncan. He's not going to do that. So Fast. for him to exactly. say stuff like that, I think that can tell you right there, you know, he... Jason Tatum, you know, he's he's the real deal. And even though I didn't like that, he didn't take any shots for like a month and a half, whatever it was during the quarantine. I hope he's gotten back in the bag and his craft and, you know, gotten in the gym because we're going to need him for the playoffs for sure this year. Um, But I think, you know, I think he's the face of the franchise right now, you know, uh, without question. Like, even though we have Kemba Walker and Jalen Brown, I think those guys are definitely close. Mm -hmm. But I think everybody this year has realized, yo, this is. This is Tatum's team. You know what? The guy is moving dudes out, you know, to to take the last shot. Right, you right, know, you, exactly. You're not, if you're not the leader of the team, you can't do that. Facts, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, we've seen maybe Marcus Smart try to do that, but that's when the bench players are on the court. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Units, exactly, exactly, but, fact. you know. No, for, when the starters nah, on the court, listen, no. when the game's on the line, the fact that the Celtics are looking for Tatum tells you something. And he's only, what, 21? 22. Just 22 now. 22. He just turned 22. So, um, I, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing him for a long time. And I hope he turns out to be what we all thought. You know, I've been watching him ever since um, the pre-draft workouts, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did a lot of homework on him and Marco L. Fultz. Yeah. Um, I, I really liked Marco Fultz at the time. But I didn't like the fact that he wasn't taking certain... Um, certain practices and stuff like that. And I didn't like the fact that Danny Ainge said, yo, anybody can look good against a chair. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> that doesn't seem like, you know, a guy he's going to pick, you know. So um, and then I, I started watching Jason Tatum, like his workouts on other teams mm-hmm. and him. I think when he came here, he had like 90. He took like 103 pointers and, and scored like 90 of them. Wow. Yeah, and it was like, yo. Wow, that's impressive. And man. then if you've seen him, if you've seen him in the summer league that year, it's he, like, he yo. Those mid-range shots, dude, even though that's not the shots you want to take in the league, you know, not any, just anybody can do that stuff, you know. Right, I don't facts. care how good of a basketball player you like that Kobe Bryant, you know, footwork type of stuff. Mm-hmm. You don't see that in all the players. So um, I definitely think he, he's worth it, and, you know, we'll see where he takes us, and hopefully he takes us to – hopefully he brings us six championships. Fuck it. Be on the Jordan Be on the Jordan status Let's yeah, get it facts, you know exactly. I mean? Hopefully he's you know A challenger for the greatest of all time I, Or something like that I do think the Celtics brain has lost some of its value Because we've haven't won as many championship lately uh, Like the Lakers have been winning a lot of championship You know they won five In the last um, decades You know what I mean And I feel like the Celtics only won one, and also, like, all the other ones that we won were, like, so long ago. So, I, I'm looking forward to an, to an era yeah. of, like, multiple championships. Celtics I dominance. Am, yeah, yeah, I am. More I, dominance in the league. Yeah, I am right. looking forward to that. Facts, man. Um, right, and I think we can have it with young core players that we currently do have on the roster. So, I like where teams heading and that they're locked up. You know, the, the core. core guys yeah. that are going to be uh, on the team for, for a while. So, I'm glad that they're taking care of them now for that would be beautiful. No, nah, that would be great. Oh, um, absolutely. Yeah, for more 
I mean, thank you guys for, for, for your thoughts on the Celtics. And I think you guys had a lot of valid points um, to make as far as, you know, their outlook for the season. And like we said, man, hopefully they're working as hard as possible to bring us a chip, man. That would be nice this year for Boston to get that since we lost Tom Brady, you know. Um, <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, and we lost Mookie Betts, too. Right, right. Um, in other NBA news, um, and in relation to, to Black Lives Matter, the Jordan brand will be donating $100 mil, million over the next 10 years to uh, combat racism. Uh, say what you want about Michael Jordan. You know, he's had a lot of backlash from, you know, the fact that he wasn't into politics much, and, you know, he's, he kind of stayed out of it. Um, he got a lot of black backlash because he's a black man, and you know we expect a lot of those guys to be speaking up for our people and for our causes, you know, because they do have the big platforms. And he wasn't, he wasn't somebody that was too open to doing that. And um, you know, for him to be doing something like that, I think that says a lot about him. Um, I think maybe on another podcast we can discuss, you know, the outlook on on Jordan and what this means as far as the things that he's been doing lately, because. You know, this is not the first time we've seen him donating a lot of money to causes recently. Um, maybe we can talk about his legacy as far as, you know, uh, him versus the other guys. You know, the, the things that he's lacking, things like that. Yeah. Um, but I thought that was huge, you know. Uh, so maybe on another podcast, we can focus on that a little bit. But um, let's actually move on because, you know, it's been we've been at it for a while now. So um, I know some stuff is going on in the NHL. Uh but more importantly, one of our Bruins actually issued a statement, um, and he's the top guy in, you know, he's the top guy on the team, and he's been that top guy for a long time, you know. Bergevon! Bergevon! Bergevon. What, what they call him, Bergy? Bergy, Bergy. Yes, Yeah, yes. man, you know, you know us black Patrice, people. All black, black people know, know about Patrice Bergeron out here, too, so don't get it twisted. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you know sure. what I'm saying? I, I've known about him for nah, a while. for a long yeah. time, so don't oh, think yeah. you don't got black fans out here, because you do. Right, you know, right, um, right. He made a statement, which I thought was huge for him. I thought it was huge for the Bruins. I thought it was huge for hockey, period. And I've seen a lot of, because, you know, hockey has had a lot of racial issues. And, you know, it still does, because a and lot of the black players are talking about it. It's definitely mainly a white sport, so. Yeah, it's, it's facts, exactly. And it's just it's just huge for him to come out and just going to read what he wrote. Today and on. And, this is only part of what he wrote. Okay, this yeah. is part of what he wrote. Today and going forward, I want to listen, educate myself, and stand up for the black community. We cannot change the past, but we, but we certainly can change the future. It is time to truly acknowledge this cry for help it needs to be more than simple than a simple instagram post let's take real action with an open heart and compassion i am determined to be an ally continue to continue to grow myself and raise my children to be anti-racist in addition to my words my family and i are donating twenty-five thousand to the boston branch of the naacp and yep naacp and twenty-five thousand to the central multi-technique the multi-ethnic multi-ethnic yeah. I've never seen that before. Um, that's awesome, though. Um, Shout-outs to him. You know, just shout-outs to all the hockey guys that are saying anything, you know, because th that's just huge. You know, a lot of – they have mainly a, a white audience, and for them yeah. to come out, you know, some of the top stars to say things, you know, it's I'm, huge. I'm glad Patrice didn't pull a Drew Brees or something. Ooh, can you imagine? <laughs> like, how is, it how is it a hockey player, you know, in a sport that still faces a lot of that stuff right now, I'm not saying the NFL doesn't face that stuff, but hockey, that stuff is pretty prevalent because it is mainly a, a white sport. And, mm -hmm. you know, still the black players talk about the discriminations they face in the league till this day. Mm -hmm. um, for, for a dude in the, in the NHL to get it first and Drew Brees doesn't 
<laughs> you know what? I'm not even gonna get into it, but what, you should be ashamed right, of yourself. Right, that, that, that's astonishing, yeah, uh, unbelievable. One thing I don't think we're gonna have time to talk about it on this podcast, but we should definitely make time to talk about it sometime soon. Yeah. Boston sports fan and their racism. You know what? Let's racism. do that next week, actually. Yeah, and their you know racism. What? Um, because yeah, I, I did post about it. Discuss that next uh, podcast. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the Tory Hunter thing. He had a no trade to Boston. Red oh yeah, yeah, clock. I saw that. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. Like, if it. you guys don't understand how problematic that is, he said he's been called the N word over a hundred times. You know, and not saying that we don't use the N word here, but like we try to. Refrain. But that's totally that's hundred totally percent different. different. We yeah. refrain from right, using right. that word, you know, on our show, just because you know we we are black men and we want to raise ourselves to the utmost high. You know, um, I actually don't have an issue with black people using that word. I don't either, but. White people using that word is they're using it to call you name. They're using it to belittle you. They're using it not in the way that John is my nigga. That's not the way they're using it. Right, right. right so, right, right. Um, the greatest. Yeah, right, yeah. But, but, anyways, the point is we will talk about Boston sports fan and their racism. And the racism. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, we'll definitely and address that. Real yeah, soon. and just cover all the stories that just come out like. On a you know yearly basis, it seems like every year another player is saying something you know yeah. about mm-hmm. about the mistreatment they've they've gotten from Boston, which is very disappointing. And also the way the Patriots fan reacted the day that yeah. the day that um Justin McCordy and um was Devin McCordy. Devin sorry Devin McCordy and the Titan what's the Titan's name Martellus Bennett they put their hand they put their hand their up, up their yep. fist up um oh, yeah, and right, I right. and I heard there was a lot of. Fan, a lot of Patriot fans in the stand that were saying a lot of really nasty words because they were doing that. So, anyways, we're not gonna go deep into it, but next podcast we should definitely talk about that. Facts, oh, yeah, without man. a doubt, for a question, and just wanted to give a quick shout out to um Big Z Zedano Chara as well. Oh yeah, we know Big Z protesting and uh, you know marching you know with the people out in Brooklyn this week on a uh, protest, and then I think he also came out with a statement. Uh, Pretty much, you know, saying that yeah, he's against you know racism and police brutality, and that you know, and Black Lives Matter, and uh, you know, he's gonna do a lot more to you know help you know raise awareness and to you know change that uh, you know in, in the near future. So I just wanted to you know mention him as well and uh, and give him a shout out for doing what he has this week. Yeah, shout out to the hockey guys, man. Just keep doing it. Keep keep raising your voices and try to clean up your sports. Most of all, man, you know, like you guys have to play. And if you guys don't want to keep hearing about this stuff, it's up to you guys to, you know, to make sure that this stuff is not happening. Yeah. You know, stand exactly. up, stand exactly. up for your teammates, you know. And make um, sure you call out your other white teammates. For real. Right, for real, right. you know, even exactly. even behind closed doors when you're having those private conversations. If, if somebody has a weird, you know, view on certain things, explain to them, call, you know, call them, like, out. call them out. You know, don't right. wait. Don't don't try to exclude yourself from that person. Educate them. You know, make sure they know why, you know, they shouldn't be thinking that way because it, it's contagious and, and dangerous to our society. And we want to eradicate that shit as quick as possible. Like T.I. says, expeditiously, my nigga. <laughs> <laughs> All right? For real. Um, big facts on that, no doubt. Yeah, man. So on to, on to the MLB because that was it um, for us with the hockey. Um, the, what the hell is going on with the freaking MLB, man? Yeah. Um, MLB and their players association. Association is added again, dude. Um, they supposedly came to an agreement last week, but they are added again because they they they're back at the at the table. Yeah, they're back at the table. The, they're 
they're still trying to figure out exactly how they want the season to start. And also, the the argument is not about format. It's not about like let's how we're gonna set this up. It's about money. It's about it's money. about money. It's about how much money the 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 owners are gonna make. It's about how much money the players are gonna make. Really, what I think is gonna happen is that there might be another lockout in the MLB, which they had a lockout. MLB is canceled though. Nobody yeah, watch the, again, they right? had a lockout. Exactly. In the nineties and unaffected them greatly. And right now I think the the owners really want the players to take a pay cut. They want they they're trying to push the players around. And I think it's it's just affecting their sports more than anything. I don't think I think all those um disagreements that they're having in the public eye, it's really just pushing people away from their sports. Facts. And I think we talk about that on multiple episodes Extensively. about about how MLB is losing people. I've never been that big of a um baseball fan, but baseball is also not doing anything to attract me. Yeah. I mean exactly. I'm, Facts. I'm I'm I am now a sports podcast host and if the MLB was doing something to attract me as a podcast host, I would go watch so I can talk about on the podcast. Right, but they're not, right. they're not doing anything to do so. And I think not, not only that they're losing young fans, they're using um, fans that grew up watching baseball as well. So I think MLB is in a really, really bad place right now. Yeah, MLB, That's dude. Straight facts. Wait the fuck up, okay? You Seriously. guys are you losing young people. And you guys are not appealing to minority people. You know, I love going to the Red Sox, the Fenway and shit like oh, yeah, that. Me too. But oh, it's yeah. not because, you know, I love the Red Sox. Like, oh my God. Like, you know, I'm I'm not watching the Red Sox 24-7. You know, right, you right, go right. take a game in because it's for the experience. It's for Fenway. You know, the oldest park in the freaking world or whatever. Yeah, yeah, you know? it's the oldest ballpark. So, yeah. you go take that, that, that experience in and it's great. But as far as the engagement with... with with the MLB, it's not there. I have a lot of MLB, per, um, what do you call call that stuff? Um, merchandise in my house right now. You know, you guys see it. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Problem. It's not like I don't like baseball, but it's like, like you said, man, they're not doing much to keep my eyes glued to the TV, and this type of shit is what's gonna keep them down. Right. You know exactly. what I'm saying? It's a big turnoff. Um, yeah. quick thing, quick thing I wanna say is I listen, I listen to the Fugger and Mad Show. Shout out to the Fugger and Mad Show. Yeah, yeah and Love they that were. Show. They were doing a quick exercise, and Felger was naming some of the top MLB players, like some of the um, the guy that hit the most home run last year, the guy <laughs> the guy that um, had the best pitches last year, or whatever. And uh, even Maz, Maz was a you know he's like a well known um, baseball guy. Baseball yeah, yeah, he's guy. A yeah. Big big baseball guy. Even some of the top names, he didn't even recognize him. Wow. So that just tells you the level of involvement that even the people that are really into baseball are like there's no there's no none of the name none of the big name players nobody knows who they are none of the best players nobody knows who they are so mlb is a really bad spot i it's it's not my fight to it's not my fight to fight but um they, right, they need right. to do something facts um i like for sure no doubt i like felger and Maz, but they be they be hanging up the phone on people too quick man <laughs> y'all gotta chill the fuck yeah, out bro you know, right, and, right, you know, right. y'all need to have some black people on the show too, man. And That's if y'all if y'all want some black people's perspectives, man, we're we're all open. Barry, yeah. myself, and I, we're we're ready to come. One of the reasons why I wanted to start, I wanted to be part of a sports podcast uh-huh. is because the radio the radio shows that I listen to in Boston don't cater to n- us. None of them have one black person. No, nope. and, and, well, and that's Wiggy's on one. Uh, he's on he's on the other oh. side, which I I is don't. Even, WEI, WEI, okay. and I and I don't like WEI, but I don't not like even. I don't really listen to 
98.5 don't have one black guy that I can relate to. Not even in the production team, you know I, what I mean? I think they have one black guy at like 4 in the morning. I, I was up listening to... Yeah. I swear, he's like... Exactly. The way he was talking, I'm like, oh, that's a brother. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, that's that's definitely a brother. But, but he's not he's not on the time that people need to listen to, you know what I mean? Yo, we're go, we're gonna tweet right, this right. shit to Felger and Maz this week. Like I wanna I wanna tweet <laughs> this fucking segment. No, we straight, should. straight up. I agree. Straight Let's cut it up and send it to him. Yeah. No, no, we're gonna clip that right there and send it to Felger and Maz because we wanna go on that show and make sure they, they get a piece of our mind and, and make sure they know what's really going on, how we feel, because we've been covering a lot of that stuff and I feel like they need different voices on their platform. But, you sure. know, other than that, I, I really, we really love Felger and Maz, so shout out to them guys, man, and keep doing it. Right, right, and real quick, just want to mention, Jermaine Wiggins used to be on that show for a while. He even was a weekly guest and had his own segment. And I really like that segment. Yes, I did. I, I really like that segment. Right, me too. I loved uh, him being on the show and having... Uh, you know, his own segment for sure every week. And, uh, you know, Chris Gasper, I don't know if you guys know who that Gasper is. Gasper comes on Fridays. Show every Friday yeah, he as comes well. Fridays. So at least they do have a couple of I'm, people, you know, minorities that have been guests on. I'm the show. so glad you brought that up because those are, I, whenever Chris Gasper comes in, he comes in at 4 o'clock on Fridays. I make sure to tune in. Yes, when when we, when, too. when we get used to coming, he used to come in on Tuesday. And I used to make sure I tune in. I don't, and I don't even, in my mind, I didn't even think about it because they're black. I just really like those guys because I just like their perspective. Right. And that just shows you. Yeah, that just shows you. Right. You know, you know what I mean? issues, like, they would represent, like, our side. Yeah, exactly. Like, bro, exactly. Just, this, this is what's going on right now in the country. You can't just have this one mindset, like, on one side, bro. It's like, there's opinions everywhere, and you got to cater to everybody, um, even though we still listen to them. You know, we just like to see, you know, some more people that... that that appeal to us. Exactly. You know, that, that's that's exactly. all we're saying, man. You know, exactly. um, but lastly, we, we do have soccer we wanted to talk about. And, you know, we got our soccer guys. So, Vlad, let us know what's going on. Cool, cool, cool. So, this week, um, a lot of teams around the world have been taking a knee in Yo. support of the protest that's been going on. Um, uh, the, I was watching um, a Bundesliga game yesterday, and the guys had bands around their arm that says Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. And I think to me, it's very important. There's a difference between coming out and saying I'm against racism versus Black Black Lives Matter. Facts. Everybody is always going to say they're anti-racism. They're they're against racism. Like any company is going to come out and say they're against racism. That's just like you cannot come out and say you're for racism. Like if you, you know what I mean? So for you, for you to come out and say you're against racism, that's like, that's a given. Mm-hmm. You're gonna even if you even if you're racist, you're gonna come out and say you're you're, you're against racism. That. You're yeah, but I'm gonna put it on. Blast, but right? it takes bravery. It takes courage to say Black Lives Matter because it's a very controversial um sentence, and not a lot of people have the courage to say that. So when I see a white person come out and say Black Lives Matter, I, I respect that. I really respect that. So the fact that the teams the teams in Germany had that ban on there. I'm saying Black Lives Matter. I, I really, wow. I really respected That's that. Great. Wow. And also, um, a lot of teams um, doing practice were taking a knee in support of Black Lives Matter. So that was great. Um, so that was great. Anyways, um, I, I want to move on to the MLS. Um, the MLS and their player association came together and they agree on the new CBA through 2025. Awesome. Um, it's it's. 
it's great, but I just I don't know. The the players in the MLS, some of the players in the MLS are making less than sixty thousand dollars a year. That, that's another league that needs to do a better job engaging people. Oh, for yeah, sure. And they need to get some better talent as well. And for sure. Then that will help grow the league and Listen, attract more people. Right. Robert Kraft, you got the money, bro. Okay. Pay those guys. Pay man. those fucking or, guys. Oh, if you don't want to pay those guys because they're not good enough, bring some then find in. better guys. Find exactly. The MLS needs to get. I'm a, I'm a big soccer fan, and the MLS is the last league I would watch in no, all the MLS leagues is that trash, exist. bro. You know what like, I mean? Like, it's there has to be nothing else going on for me to watch the MLS. Mm-hmm. Right. You know like, what I mean? I've been to a I've been to a couple games too. Yeah. As well, and they're a good time. And but that's because the tickets were either free or they were no, no, no. I'm, I'm just, I'm just surprised you actually went. <laughs> I've been to a couple well, games. No, that's good. No, I, I, I want to go. You know what? I was just gonna say when the season resumes, we can set that up and you know, uh, and we'll if, all go if, they the fans. if they have fans, right? If they even do have a lot of fans, but when they do, it'll probably be the following season. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I was just gonna say I like going to those games. Where a good time. Uh, I was even in uh, the section where they call the fort. I don't mm-hmm. know if you heard I've about been there. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the fort. That's like where the season ticket holders are, and like they're, they're and they have a, they and have stuff. a guy. Yeah, right, band, where they're all yeah, yeah. Running and waving the flags and yeah. all okay, that. okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So yeah, that, that was a pretty cool experience and a lot of fun doing that. But I was just gonna say that just the lack of talent and the you know the in, in the play that the actual um you know product on the field you could see like to me watching those games it was evident that yeah this thing is trash compared to all the other international um soccer leagues yeah um that really have the top players in the world playing uh for them that it's night and day for, for sure so i just wanted to point that out and yeah ma- and mention that so um, they agreed on the new CBA. They almost went into a lockout. So the owners really pushed the players. Who the players really don't have that much of a say. They don't have that much power. Like I think the only league that the players have a lot of power is really MLB. The players have a lot of power, and the NBA. The players have the utmost power. Fact. But a league like the MLS, the players don't have that much power. So if the if the owners were pushing the toward a lockout, they would have agreed immediately. You know, what I mean, I mean, it took them a while to agree, but. Anyways, they agreed on it. The other thing they agreed on is that they're coming back in July with a World, World Cup-like tournament in Orlando. Ooh. They haven't Ooh, announced... Nice. I like they, it. They haven't announced the dates. They haven't announced the t- um, the format yet, but um, they, they've, they've agreed on something, and I think they're still working out on the details, so that should come out this week or something like that. So oh, okay. We'll, we'll keep you guys updated on that. Yeah, man. Thank you, Vlad. I appreciate that, man. You always do your homework on... Um... The yeah, soccer, the soccer stuff, play. and if you're a soccer fan, man, you, you can definitely trust trust our show to give you what the hell's going down with with the soccer world because Vlad got it like that. And man. always on top. And no, hit straight me, up. Hit me up if there's something that you want me to. No talk facts. About if you have questions, man, send us questions about the soccer. You know, right, right. Yeah, email us or hit us up on social media. Right, we right, in there. Right. Um, and and last but not least, we you know we we've come to that part of the show where we do the B Money Lifestyle Person of the Week. So, uh, let's turn it over to, to Barry, man. What's up? Who's that? So, yes. So, the B-Money Lifestyle Person of the Week. I actually had two people that I wanted to uh, nominate for this award this week that I feel like are, you know, deserving. So, the first person I wanted to nominate was Michael Jordan. Uh, as you previously said earlier in the show, they were, uh, he 
um, decided to donate a uh, hundred million dollars to yeah and to combat racism. So that was a great and awesome thing that he really did. Uh, and I'm certainly you know glad and appreciate that he did that. That is definitely a big time difference that we need for you know guys like him to be able to make, uh, especially since he didn't really do that much during his playing career as far as like giving you know money away to help you know society uh, you know you know to better the society and help the uh, issues that were going on uh, during you know his his time. So it's good to see him uh, be able to give back to the you know society and to the you know black community in that way. Uh, the second person who I wanted to nominate for this award is uh, Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. So I feel like he was definitely deserving as well because he actually ended up paying the whole uh, funeral for you know the late George uh, Floyd, who you know obviously just recently passed away a couple of weeks ago. So he that was definitely uh, really you know, thoughtful and really, you know, nice and generous of him to do that. Uh, and, you know, goes to show that he is a really good person and that he has good character, even though it may not seem that way, because I know he does some questionable and controversial things uh, off the boxing ring, but that was certainly a, you know, really great thing that he did to be able to help that family and to, you know, cover the expenses of, the, the funeral and make sure that uh, you know it was taken care of from a financial standpoint. So definitely big shout outs to Floyd Mayweather on that. And then an honorable mention that I wanted to do was uh, believe it or not, Kanye West. Even though I'm not the biggest Kanye fan and they don't really like the guy, but he definitely did a really good uh, thing this week that stood out to me. And uh, he actually offered to pay his uh, one of George Floyd's daughters. Uh, he paid the college tuition uh, for for her. He so. set up he set up a two million dollar fund for her college tuition. Oh right, right. That's what it was. Thank you, Vlad. Appreciate that. So, uh, you know, I'm and I know certain- I appreciate you calling out Kanye. That's my nigga. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like, don't get me wrong. He's a really good artist and you know and and makes you know good music but he's just not the best person in many more ways than I agree one has done some his fair share of questionable and controversial things as Floyd Mayweather but nonetheless he was definitely deserving of an honorable mention this week and and I thought that was an extremely uh, generous and nice gesture of him to be able to do that to help his daughter, you know, his future and, and help, you know, that family and help, uh, you know, hope and, and, and help this daughter in, in case you. if she wants to go to college. Congrats. Um, and hopefully we keep this going and that be money lifestyle going, man. But that's going to be our show for today, man. Um, again, thank you guys for listening to the show. 
Um, if you guys would like to keep up with us, we're on YouTube, just YouTube ProFan Sports. We're on Instagram, ProFans underscore sports. We're on Twitter and Facebook at ProFan Sports. Um, so just reach out to us. And again, we're trying to do that segment where we get the fans to email in. So if you want to email in a question or a topic, um, whatever you're feeling, you know, just um, email us at ProFansports1 at gmail.com. Other than that, man, thank you guys for doing the show as always, man. And thank you to our listeners and our supporters, man. Have a good week, yo. Have a good week, fellas. Good seeing y'all. Take care. Be safe. Peace. Peace.